0: Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Hi, friends. So I'm going to give a trigger warning to this podcast today uh, because I am going to be discussing uh, gun violence and the recent uh, school shooting in uh, Uvalde, Texas. Um, I have put that in the notes as well, but just in case that you haven't seen that and you did, uh, you know, click through, um, there's your warning. So... You know, I I have often said a couple times in this podcast I've tried to do it on a pretty regular basis and I usually fail miserably at that so I record when I record. And for about a week um I was thinking okay I'm going to I'm going to do a podcast this week and I was thinking I'm going to do a podcast about reproductive health and mental health and sort of the intersection of those two things. Um it's kind of my wheelhouse, you know, given that my dissertation was about the childbirth topic Um, It's something that's very important to me, and obviously reproductive rights at the moment are very much under attack in this country. Um, On the way home from a conference I just attended in Boston, which by the way was all about trauma and helping clients heal from trauma, I watched a movie um, called Fallout, which by the way, if you're not emotionally prepared to watch that movie, don't watch it. Um, I was pretty unaware of what it was about. Uh, It's about a school shooting, and after watching that, I thought, you know what, I might actually uh, record this podcast instead about that topic and specifically uh, the impact on survivors in situations like that. And then, of course, two days ago, um, we had uh, you know, yet another school shooting here in this country. And... Uh, in thinking about it and doing some processing for myself, what I've decided instead to talk about, here's two minutes of me telling you what I'm going to talk about, right? But I've decided instead that what feels the most pressing to me is talking about collective trauma. So the way you define collective trauma is essentially it's, it's trauma that impacts a group or community of people, right? The mental health instability that's existed um, in this country and many others across the globe over the last two years around um, COVID-19 and quarantines and, you know, people losing people to the illness and fear of the illness and everything else. That is a collective trauma that has been global. Um, You know, we have other collective traumas that are more uh, centered on a group of people um, and sometimes it's around something like race, something it's, uh, sometimes it's around ethnicity or religion, right? When there was a shooting at a synagogue uh, that was a hard, created collective trauma in the Jewish community. You have um, shootings at a mosque and you have collective trauma that exists, exists in the Muslim community. Um, you know, et cetera, right? You get the idea. Collective trauma is just a trauma that impacts a community of people and not necessarily people who directly experienced the traumatic event or events. So um, even though, you know, many people during COVID, for example, during, during the quarantine times that we experienced here in this country, weren't highly impacted by that, you know, I'm thinking people who continued to go to work, remained healthy, didn't lose anyone. There was still some impact that happened with them on a mental health level that uh, often hasn't even been, um, I, I want to say addressed, but it's not even just addressed. It often hasn't even been recognized that there was anything there, right? Well, I was fine. I just kept going to work and doing my thing. And yet, for some of those people, there's been an underlying anxiety that has existed for, you know, over two years now. So, you know, this this recent, and and I'm going to get real personal here. I, I I know I often give examples from my personal life to, to illustrate things, but I'm going to get real personal on this one because it hit me. It hit me really hard, this recent shooting. They always do. Um, I'm always distraught. I'm always heartbroken. I'm always wondering, what, what can we do? What are we going to change? But this this last one really got me. And, I, and there's a few reasons why. First of all, I'm a native Texan. I grew up there. Um, I lived there until uh, 1994 when I moved to Utah. And so when I see, oh, there's a shooting in Texas, the first thing I did was go, where? Where in Texas? I have a lot of people still in Texas. I, I have that personal moment of, Wondering if anyone I know was going to be directly impacted by this, um, and the and the thing that beyond that that was the most it, that hit me the hardest I think is I have a nine year old right and these babies that died are nine and ten years old, so it was really uh, it really just hit me at a at a more personal level than some of the other shootings have had, if that, if that makes sense. It's not, it's not, well, I didn't care about the others, they were no big deal, and now this one hurt by any means. Um, it just had a, it had it hit home. It was closer to home, if that, if that makes sense. So, you know, and here's what I noticed, right? I noticed for myself that as I left that afternoon, uh, I left the house to go pick up my nine-year-old at his karate class, my mind was racing with insane thoughts. And I'm going to say they're insane thoughts because they, they don't, they're not, they're not logical. They don't make sense, right? I could not stop myself from thinking, what if someone had come to his class and I was going to get to the dojo and there were going to be police outside because someone had come to his class and murdered everyone there? I, I mean, I, that, is, that is not a normal, healthy thought to have in your brain. Um, The following day, which was yesterday, I was here at my office. Uh, They're putting new roofs on our buildings. I am so thankful they're done with my building. I don't know if I could have worked yesterday with it going on above my head. I did work through that a couple weeks ago. It was very challenging, but I think in the space I've been in for the last 48 hours, I don't know if I could have done it. Um, But hearing the building across the parking lot, uh, the they're staple guns, right? They're like roofing roofing guns. Um, and they're, they're pneumatic roofing guns. So they're, there's a kind of a pop, 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 pop sound going on putting these shingles on the roofs. And I kept having insane thoughts of, is that gunfire? Even though I was fully aware that what I was listening to was roofing shingles being put on a roof, every now and then I'd catch myself having that thought. I also caught myself having the thought... A multiple times yesterday, as the door to the building opened, what if someone's coming in here? That's all pretty raw, and it's all pretty personal, but I'm sharing it for two reasons. Number one, I'm somebody who's dealt with anxiety my entire life. I'm also somebody who is so fortunate and lucky that when I had my heart surgery about a year and a half ago, it pretty much cured my anxiety. So I no longer live with anxiety as a disorder. I no longer live with anxiety as something I have to manage day-to-day and moment-to-moment. So being in this spiral for the last two days is in no way new to me because I spent 49 years dealing with it, but it's also um, unexpected given that over the last year and a half, when things happen, that would have in the past created anxiety, what is created instead is a very logical thinking in my head, a very logical and grounded. And um, yes, sometimes of course there's, there are things that make me anxious, right? So it's not like I haven't felt anxious, but I haven't experienced the spiral of anxiety since my surgery. So it was very pronounced for me to be in this for the last 48 hours. So I'm sharing all of that with you, right? And that's, you know, eight and a half minutes of me kind of giving you the background of collective trauma. I have been very much impacted by the collective trauma of the recent school shooting. Um, I remember being very, uh, very much impacted by the collective trauma of the shooting at the Pulse nightclub, partly because I have a child who who's an adult who very easily could have been in that nightclub i was very impacted by the shooting at the synagogue because i am i my family is jewish it gave me concern for my grandmother concern for my father right like direct family members that i was worried about so what do we do what do we do with collective trauma that's really the question right because First of all, it's not going to stop happening. I, I, I wrote something yesterday, and, and it may sound cynical, and it may sound pessimistic, but I think the reality that we all have to face at this point is this isn't going to change. This isn't going to go away. We've had years and years and years, you know, since Sandy Hook, since before that, to do something that would create systemic change at a level where this is not a normal, where we didn't have two weeks ago, we had the shooting in Buffalo. You know, two weeks before that, it was somewhere else. A week before that, it was someone else. Five days before that, it was someplace else, right? So we have to accept at a certain level that this is going to continue. Now, I also hold hope that at some point, someone somewhere is going to start something that will make a difference. I don't know what that's going to be and I'm not here to propose solutions or talk solutions about that. Um, there are very, very widely varying um, ideas about what will make a difference and um, you know we can only we can only hope and see and if there is something that I can do to step in that's an action, I will absolutely do that. But it's not what I'm what I'm here to talk about right now. So how do we heal collective trauma, right? Um, and to be honest, I didn't have an answer. I had to I had to do some googling and some looking up. And the first thing that came came up to me was, you know, we we get together, we get together as communities. And one of the ways we see this often is we see this in uh, marches and demonstrations, right? So you know, the whole uh, Supreme Court uh, Roe v. Wade issue. Leak happened, and literally the next day there was a march, and there have continued to be marches and actions um, since then because people felt collectively traumatized by the information. Hey, by the way, looks like we're probably going to take away the reproductive rights of you know half the population of this country, and uh, many people. Said, I gotta go be with my people. I gotta go. I gotta get together. I gotta do something. I gotta take action. So we see that it, you know, and it, it these days, due to social media and the connectedness we all have, those things can happen very quickly, and oftentimes that uh, that simple action of gathering together and attempting to make voices heard can be a huge, huge piece of healing collective trauma, of having people go from feeling disempowered to empowered, from feeling silenced to feeling they have a a voice. Um, I got a text this morning from the March for Our Lives group, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with them, that was a group that was started um, by the students at, uh, I believe it's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, it's Parkland, Florida, it's a, the Parkland High School shooting that happened, um, and I had to look it up, but it was in 2018, so we're at about four years now since that happened, and those children, right, and, and now young adults um, got together, and they started the organization March for Our Lives, and their whole mission is this, let let our school shooting be the last one which is a heartbreaking thing to think about because it's so far from it having been the last one. But their work together, not just with each other, but also it's become a national movement and a national organization to say, hey, we're standing up to say no more, do something, right? They have lobbied, they have met with legislators and uh, governors and presidents and so many people to say, do something. There's actually a bill that was passed through the United States uh, House that's sitting in the Senate waiting to be approved um, and and I say waiting to be approved. it's actually sitting in the Senate being held back from being heard and approved that would require mandatory background checks on guns. and they were a huge influence in in making that that bill a reality um, and it's my hope that that moves forward at some point. but getting together together right you're getting sorry getting together, in community is one of the ways we heal collective trauma. Taking action is another way, and, and specifically taking action, actions of service or actions to make a difference in and with the impacted communities is another way we heal collective trauma. Um, we can heal collective trauma by talking about it, just by talking with the people in the community or other people who are impacted by the the event or events we can help each other heal it takes something to listen it takes something to speak right i mean i even just preparing for this today i was like should i talk about my experience should i talk about how i've been feeling maybe i should leave that part out but honestly it's healing for me to say it and i hope that it's healing for some of you to hear it and i hope that some of you will you know call someone that you know that you that you know can listen and let them know hey I'm hurting. Here's where, why I'm hurting. Here's what about it is hurting me. Here's where my, my pain is stuck. You know, look in your body. Where is that pain stuck in your body? Is it stuck in your guts? Is it stuck in your throat? Does it Where is it stuck in your body? And express that. Give that energy of that pain, that hurt, that fear, that anxiety, a chance to move, so it can be somewhere other than stuck wherever it is in your body at this moment, right? And really, those are the those are the three big things I found when I when I went to look and see. Okay, how do we how do we heal collective cra- trauma? It was get together with your community, take actions that you can with and inside of that community to make a difference, to help, to assist, right? So you know, with COVID, uh, bring bring soup to your neighbors, leave it on the porch. Um, you know, with, with natural disasters, natural disasters cause collective trauma, right? Helping people rebuild all of those kinds of things that we can do, providing shelter, providing meals, whatever that is. Um, and the third thing being talk, talk, you know, one of the, this is the last thing I'm going to say on this, but one of the, um, sessions of the conference I just attended, uh, was given by a gentleman who's, uh, He's an American citizen, but his family, I believe, is from Jordan. And he uh, spent several years trying to do therapy uh, in, in Jordan with Syrian Muslim refugees. And the hurdle, the biggest hurdle for him, was that he was talking to a culture who had experienced massive collective trauma, right, um, genocide in their country, and you know, having to flee, being refugees, um, living in refugee camps—all all of that, right? Massive collective trauma. But it's also a culture that looks down upon therapy. So he's he's there to provide service, right? To provide uh, to to help make a difference. And he's talking to people who are saying, "Oh, I'm not going to come in there and talk to a therapist. What if my neighbors see? They'll think I'm crazy." Um, or I can't let my, you know, men saying, I can't let my wife know that I'm hurting because I'm supposed to be, you know, fill in the blank with all the things that you would say about have what you're supposed to be as a man, right? You're supposed to have it all together. You're supposed to be protecting your wife and children. You're supposed to be doing all those other things. You're supposed to be okay, even though what you just went through was horrific. So, um, You know, when I say talk to each other, one of the things I'm aware of is that even though in the United States, we've moved from this conversation of therapy is, you know, we don't do that. We don't talk about it to like, yeah, everybody's got a therapist and we all post on Facebook what our therapist told us in the last few few sessions, right? Um, There's still a culture in this country of, you know, that it's that rugged individualism that comes up so often. And, you know, I just encourage you if you're someone who has found it hard to talk about any of the trauma or collective trauma that you've experienced, just find that one person. Find that one person that you feel you can open up with. And, you know, maybe it's a pact that the two of you have together. I'm going to talk, you're going to talk, we're both going to, you know, share how this has been hard for us. And then we're never going to talk about it again, or we're never going to tell anybody else what we talked about. Even if you can do that for five minutes, even if you can do that with one person on a regular basis once a month, um, you know, obviously if you're experiencing real trauma, find yourself a good therapist. And if you feel like you don't want anyone else to know you're in therapy, don't tell them, that's fine too. But if you can at least find a person to talk to, that makes a difference too. So I hope that was helpful. I feel like it was a little rambly, but uh, I'm also organizing some of my own thoughts around all of this still. I just mostly want to acknowledge that I and you and we have been and continue to experience collective traumas uh, around a lot of things going on in our world, and there are things that we can do even when we're not sure how we can make a difference. So I hope that was helpful. Have a beautiful day and hug your children. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to ThirdEyeFamilySolutions.com. That's Third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, FamilySolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020. And the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for some of the answers.